0: Hello everyone and welcome to the OSHA 3030 with Monish Rath. I am Monish Rath here at Keller and Heckman and I'm grateful to all of you for participating in what I think is somewhere around the 45th episode of the OSHA 3030. This is a program for those of you new to the program uh, we that we do about once a month, about once every 30 days and we try and limit it to about 30 minutes and we Pick a topic that we think is developmental in the area of OSHA law or workplace safety and health law, and we we try and pick a topic that is not only developmental but something that's impactful on how you, uh, as as attorneys in the Office of General Counsel at your organizations or safety and health professionals or in trade associations, try and change what you do to maintain your uh, compliance profile uh, or defense profile. So with that said, uh, we've got a great topic today. We just witnessed the the hearings for uh, the new Secretary of Labor, and it's an opportunity based on comments that came up in that process to discuss what we think that process implies for the future of enforcement by the Occupational Safety and Health Administration under the new administration, under the new Secretary of Labor. Uh, I am joined, and I'm fortunate to be joined by my partner David Servati, who has been practicing OSHA law for decades and is one of the deans of OSHA law anywhere in the country. David, thank you very much for being here, and welcome to the OSHA 3030.
1: My thanks for having me again. It's great to be here, and you know, decades only means I'm old. <laughs>
0: Well, that that may be, but uh, with that comes experience and and wisdom that we we count on here at the OSHA 3030. So thank you. The, so the topic, David, that we have is uh, the new administration and what we can specifically what we can anticipate in the field of enforcement. So with that said, uh, some of the topics that we ent- uh, anticipate discussing today, uh, I think we ought to first engage in a comparative analysis of the varying enforcement postures from prior administrations. And using that as a platform to jump off of, talk about recent enforcement activities at the agency. Uh, we all know and have covered here at the OSHA 3030 the increase in the penalty structure. It increased yet again for 2017. Uh, and what we think Acosta's stated position on OSHA enforcement is as a result of his statements in the hearings, uh, confirmation hearings, and as a result of that, what we think, employers should do we always try and leave off with practical advice takeaway items for the OSHA 3030 community and so we'll do the same today does that sound like a good plan that
1: sounds like a great plan Mosh and I think the uh, uh, one of the interesting things about this topic is that uh, the uh, analysis I think is going to lead to a couple surprising conclusions so if we can take a look at the historical situation with citations and inspections in the Clinton administration we uh, saw an increase, uh, or the number of inspections ranged from 24,000 in 1996 up to 36,000 in fiscal year 2000. Uh, They they got criticized, obviously, by a number of different folks, including public citizen and other advocates, because the inspections were lesser and fewer violations compared to prior administrations. Uh, There there was an increase in uh, inspections, Uh, in the late 80s and early 90s. And, of course, uh, we had increases in the violations, uh, the uh, penalties that were assessed in the early 90s. So you see uh, between 1994 and 95 a pretty significant decrease in uh, serious work-related violations. And so uh, that kind of information sort of suggests that during – at least during the – Clinton administration, uh, the Democratic administra- Administrator Charles Jeffress uh, was uh, challenged by those statistics and as you can see on the slide here it suggested that the reason that the uh, uh, inspections declined was because workplaces were safer and job related injuries and fatalities were declining. Uh, that was true going back to the very beginnings of OSHA The injury and illness rates that are recorded by the Bureau of Labor Statistics in their annual survey and the fatality rate that's tracked by NIOSH and the BLS has steadily declined since the beginning of OSHA over the last 40 years, uh, 40-plus years now. And the uh, uh, interesting question that one would want to answer and, and ask at some point in time is, are we getting the bang for our buck? Is is the current approach that we have seen kind of uh, rocket back and forth between the different administrations and different parties, whether that approach of uh, strong enforcement, training, and education on a more limited basis has actually had an impact? And if we look back prior to uh, 1971, when the OSHA statute uh, became effective, uh, in fact, the rates of decline really hadn't changed very much. So we we pushed forward to the Bush administration in 2001 and 2009. We see a pretty significant increase uh, from the uh, 36 so thousand that were in uh, the last years of the Clinton administration. We're up to 39,000, and it was pretty steady. Throughout the Bush administration, uh, all the way till the end in in 2009. So, David,
0: the George Bush administration witnesses a higher. This is the George W. Bush administration witnesses a higher number of inspections per year, substantially higher number of inspections per year than in any year during the Clinton administration.
1: Yeah, it's 10% more than the last year of the Clinton administration. and
0: Which in turn was uh, much higher than the beginning of the Clinton administration. Exactly. That, it's a more
1: than 50% increase over the fiscal year 1996. And remember, in the, in the middle of the 90, 1990s, there was a dramatic change in the House of Representatives where the Republicans took over the House of Representatives for the first time in more than 40 years. in 1994. And so that dynamic may have had something to do with it, but it was also a time period where OSHA was reacting to uh, certain kinds of uh, complaints about inspections. Uh, For example, there was a, you may remember, Monash, the uh, uh, situation that was often made fun of where OSHA uh, was asked whether they should inspect the home offices of the new employees who were moving into their uh, off-site work locations, and uh, during one memorable testimony, the uh, I think it was actually uh, Charles Jefferson's predecessor who testified that yes, he thought they might end up having to go into somebody's home to inspect the workplace if they had ergonomic hazards in it. So uh, obviously, things changed during the Bush administration. The number of inspections went up,
0: which is ironic because the conventional wisdom at a distance was that with the change in administration to a Republican administration that was industry friendly, you would have expected them to be lighter on enforcement and heavier on partnership with business and and compliance uh, cooperative programs. I remember uh, back then during the George W. Bush administration, I was giving a, a talk for the Maryland uh, safety and health profession, and sharing the agenda with me as a co-speaker was was Mr. Henshaw, who was the assistant secretary in charge of OSHA at that time. And he also stressed that the agency was placing an emphasis on a cooperative relationship with industry and less of an emphasis on enforcement because he believed or stated that he believed that enforcement doesn't work as well as bringing people willingly along into compliance and that OSHA had a better opportunity to achieve greater safety and health through that cooperative relationship where they work as partners, willing partners in, in achieving that goal. Yet the statistics show that all the while, while he and I were giving that talk, inspections were far higher during his administration than they were during the uh, his predecessor in the Clinton administration.
1: Yeah, that's an anomaly, Monish. It may look like an anomaly, actually, but it's not. In fact, uh, we'll see in a couple of slides here, there's a uh, Chart that shows what happens to the penalties over time, and we'll see the differences between the administrations. But the the other thing to keep in mind here is that Democrats are often perceived as having a stronger hand in enforcement. And in fact, uh, in my experience, it's been the Republican administrations that have taken a stronger uh, 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 effort at making it. uh, increasing enforcement and inspection. So well, we you, at...
0: that's right. You, you talk about just comparing the Clinton and the Bush administration, and you say it may appear as an anomaly. But, David, I think you know better, and you're you're about to let on. Let's go one more administration forward and see what, what that looks like. Right. And interestingly, in the Obama administration, they declined
1: dramatically
0: over the last six years. I'd say all throughout his administration you yeah. see a constant, steady decline, a, dr- a dramatic one. It looks like, what, about 25%. Decrease. They finish off their administration doing 75% of the inspections they started out with.
1: Right, and part of that is due to the fact that they have fewer inspectors. There's been a drop of about 200 over that period of time. But the interesting question that isn't answered with statistics like this is whether the inspections they were conducting were about more serious hazards and more in-depth inspections uh, and therefore take more time to accomplish them and were they focused on areas where there were real hazards and, and protections for employees were enhanced? I would argue that one of the problems with the Obama administration response to uh, inspections uh, in focusing on injury and hospitalization reports is that they get there after the fact. The the injury or or hospitalization that occurs reflected conditions prior to the inspection. I suppose that the theory is that the conditions that existed prior to the inspection uh, illustrate or uh, in, uh, uh, emphasize a lack of attention on the part of the employer to compliance and safety and health. And I suppose that may be true in many cases, but my experience is that injury and hospitalizations occur as much by luck as by failures to uh, handle. Issues that is the old saw about in safety and health is that the seriousness of an incident is as much a function of uh, just pure luck as it is of the conditions that were in existence at the time, and that might sound counterintuitive to people, but that's uh, I think a, a truism. But notice uh, on the next slide, Monish, we see what happened to penalties, and uh, you can see. The penalties went up in the the Jimmy Carter administration in the 1970s. We had, remember at that time, the maximum penalty was $1,000 for a serious violation and $10,000 for a willful violation. The penalties were increased in 1990 for the first time during the George Bush administration. That would be George Bush Sr. But notice the curve. From the end of the Reagan administration in the late 80s, 86, 87, to the transition to the Clinton administration, it's a pretty dramatic rise in the penalties that were uh, 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 assigned and um, or at least uh, proposed. And that was the result of the efforts by uh, George Salem, who was solicitor of labor at the time, to develop uh, uh, enforcement techniques involving – uh, the ability to m- dramatically increase the penalties so as to create an incentive for people to, to comply. And so that's part of the rise that we see. That was the first use of the ed- egregious penalty uh, policy or something similar to that. Um, and the first time that penalties were being issued for uh, uh, repeated uh, uh, individual employee conditions where it was essentially the same condition, for example, failing to wear a hard hat. Each employee who was not wearing a hard hat would be uh, cited as a separate violation. Uh, The other thing that was going on then, if you'll remember, Monish, is that there was a lot of turmoil in the meatpacking industry involving ergonomics, lots of changes in the numbers of people that were doing work in those industries, declining numbers of people, Lots of controversy, lots of efforts in enforcement for both ergonomics and uh, injury and illness programs. And then we come to the Clinton administration, and lo and behold, things kind of drop off. Not only the number of inspections, but also the quantity
0: of penalties involved. Interestingly, David, this is also an era, the, the Clinton administration for OSHA, where we saw the least, the lowest number of new rules being promulgated. I think it might have been two rules. And when you keep in mind that a rule that's promulgated during one administration is often merely the latent result of a lot of work that was done in the prior administration, you might suspect that they did work that may have reflected in even less standards than two, if that's possible. Uh, And then you see before and after that administration an increase uh, nor which direction in time you go, in the promulgation of new rules, new standards. Yeah.
1: Well, if, of course, uh, they may have only ended up with one standard on the books because the ergonomics rule was uh, killed by the first use of the Congressional Review Act in 2001. But we can see, as we come to the Obama administration, pretty dramatic increase in the number, in the penalty amounts. That was, I think, a concerted effort on, uh, the Obama administration's part to implement what they not, what they call the severe violators program, maximize the number of, of violations, maximize the number of penalties, don't give any uh, credit for good faith or minimal credit for good faith or history, and again in 2015 we have an increase in the budget uh, uh, from the Budget Act in the penalties. And Monash, I think the uh, Next slide will give us a a little bit of an illustration on that.
0: That's right, and I I think there's one more uh, point that may explain the increase in penalties during the Obama administration of OSHA, as while at the same time the number of inspections was fairly low, and that is you see a a change from uh, inspections that might be a a more historically normal mix of programmed and unprogrammed inspections, and you see uh, the use of the self-reporting Uh, allowing OSHA to zone in on uh, establishments where they might be able to hit an inspection and increase the number of citation items. So they're not only seeing increased penalties, as you described, but they might have hit in one inspection a larger number of citation items.
1: Uh, That's exactly right, Maj. But the interesting thing about the curve here in the – let's go back to that slide for a moment. The interesting thing about the curve in regard to the penalty amounts is that this is actually inverse to the number of inspections. So if we looked at, if we had a curve on here showing the number of inspections, it would start high and end low, going higher from the right there in 2009, lower in 2012. So they, it was a double whammy on uh, what was going on in terms of
0: increasing the number of violations and increasing the number of, the, the amount of the penalties. That's right, David. I think what you're saying is that the, dollars in fines per inspection was going up. Correct. They were getting more mileage out of fewer inspections.
1: I think that's right, yes. All right. The uh, increased penalties are uh, went up uh, a year and a half ago, or just a year ago now, and uh, we're looking at a roughly a 78% increase uh, in the adjustment, and, of course, that's going to go on uh, and be adjusted for inflation uh, going forward. Uh, Seventy thousand per violation in prior to uh, August 2016. One hundred and twenty-four thousand seven hundred nine per violation. If
0: it's a willful, if or repeated. it's
1: a willful or repeated, right? And what I think about when I'm advising clients about this, the question you have to ask yourself is not how much is the penalty, because the penalty itself may not be that significant, but most uh operations most employers have uh gross uh profit rates somewhere between 5 and 7%. So the analysis to make on the basis of that violation is how many how much in sales that you have to have in order to pay that penalty. And it turns out it's somewhere between 15 and 20 to 1. So in fact, the cost to the employer of a $100,000 penalty is more like $2 million because it is magnified by that profit question.
0: But put another way, you're saying that in order to pay a $100,000 uh, OSHA penalty, a company, a typical company with typical margins of profit, would have to generate uh, $1.5 to $2 million in gross sales in order to fund just that penalty and That's- nothing else. No payroll, no pensions, no healthcare. Well, just then, the just the penalty. If
1: that that would that would take the entire profit. That
0: would take care of the other fourteen out of fifteen mm-hmm. fraction. Gotcha. Right. So,
1: so um, it, that's a that's a one way for people to remind management about the actual cost of the penalties. And as these penalties goes up, it becomes far more significant. Even if the actual amount of the penalty is not that. Uh, in absolute terms, that's significant. That's a
0: fair point, David. I'm I'm glad you phrased it that way. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't uh, think about that when they're making the the decision as to whether or not to defend a citation or just to pay the penalty without contesting it.
1: Right. So on the next slide, we see where the penalty amounts are today as we enter into the Trump administration and and the. It's uh, a scheduled uh, increase now. That's right. It's a scheduled increase based on inflation, and so we're going to see these going up periodically.
0: So it's going up about $200, let's say, uh, for the uh, serious, other than serious or posting requirements, uh, about $200 per day on the failure to abate, and uh, approximately $2,500 on the will for a repeat. Correct. Correct. Uh, and that's, that's significant. and It will continue to go up on a scheduled basis tied to inflation. That's right. That's right. So, so with that said – and with this as a backdrop, knowing that this general impression may be a little bit uh, misplaced that, in general, Republican administrations tend to go softer on enforcement and heavier on on cooperative uh, collaboration. Uh, Mr. Acosta goes through his hearings for Secretary of Labor, and now he's now, uh, in fact, Secretary of Labor. And some of the questions that they asked uh, in the congressional hearings related specifically to Uh, enforcement questions, not only for OSHA, but for a lot of other Department of Labor agencies. And we were able to get our earliest preview of what we think we can expect in the field of OSHA law enforcement.
1: Well, I think it's a sort of a harbinger of what's to come. Remember, Mr. Acosta has a background in enforcement. He was a prosecutor. Uh, He was on the National Labor Relations Board for a period of time. More recently, he's been a uh, the head of the uh, a law school in Miami, uh, and he, so he was a
0: labor and employment professor at George Mason while he was here. I,
1: he may have been. I don't. Remember and and labor
0: and employment down in Florida, and then became, then the became dean of the
1: school. Dean, correct, right.
0: correct. And before that, he was a clerk for Samuel Alito.
1: Correct.
0: When Alito was not a Supreme Court justice, but uh, at the at the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Third Circuit.
1: Right. Right. And so, uh, in the, during the confirmation hearing. Uh, he was asked a number of questions about uh, the uh, concerns of cuts to the OSHA uh, inspection staff and the budget cuts. It turns out that in fact the the Trump proposed budget is about a two or three percent decline, a roughly 530 million dollar budget that's going to decline about 10 million dollars, largely because they're planning to cut out the Susan Harwood grants that have been used to fund uh, training largely through union organizations like joint employer organizations. Um, he did indicate in the hearing that he wants work, employee safety, safety to be a priority. Uh, that's certainly their important, uh, uh, an important function, in Monash,
0: you know, that, an that's important. important. Yeah, I think this is an important point, but so is the budget cut. David, you know, a lot of the, the senators' inquiries about the budget cuts uh, to Mr. Acosta centered on how this would affect enforcement? The the senator Hassan from New Hampshire said, you know, what are we going to do with uh, one fewer inspector? There, there's 50,000 uh, workers and and uh, seven inspectors in New Hampshire, and if you go down by one, that's are they going to be able to effectively conduct inspections? Uh, but I I think you've you've touched on a very important point. These budget cuts are not slated to. Uh, directly impact enforcement activity. They are, in OSHA's context, mostly directed towards uh, this training program. And so I would anticipate that inspections, the agency's ability to conduct inspections will go on mostly uh, with the same kind of strength and effectiveness as before.
1: I think that's probably right, Monish, And I don't think that there, we're going to see cuts in the numbers of inspectors going forward. I think We're probably at the lowest level that we're going to see uh, at any time uh, going forward. But it's not just the number of inspections, it's the number of rules. And you can see in the slide, the Democrats on the panel criticized OSHA on the silica rule and uh, questioned Acosta on whether or not he would delay the compliance dates or weaken the rule. And he wouldn't answer that question. Um, And I think, in fact, that was the appropriate response. He was not in a position to make a decision without having full information. And uh, he did indicate, too, that enforcement would continue during any review process once the compliance dates uh, passed.
0: Well, I think this is one of the more important – because because most of his hearings did not center around OSHA-related issues, but other aspects of the Department of Labor and its other agencies, this is one of the best windows into uh, his view uh, as far as OSHA goes going forward – Where Silica was concerned, he said he would continue to enforce the Silica rule so long as the Silica rule was in effect, which I think could arguably be meant to say he might suspend the rule and thereby not enforce it, but he wouldn't comment on whether he would do that or not. He did say, however, that he was responsible to the president, and the president has charged all of the agencies to examine each and every one of their rules. And so he had a duty not to comment on whether or not the silica rule or any other rule uh, at the agency was, uh, w- what the future looked like for any of those rules.
1: Right. And I, I would also point out that, in fact, OSHA has uh, delayed the compliance dates for the silica rule, partially in response to the court case that is ongoing. And it still remains a very controversial rule. Monash we have a question here from one of our uh, listeners who's, a, who's made the comment that many state plans have not increased their penalties. In fact, uh, during the Obama administration, the state plans were directed to make sure that their penalties were uh, uh, commensurate with the need to be as effective as OSHA's uh, uh, enforcement, the federal enforcement. The former administration, in my view, would have interpreted that to mean that they needed, they must have increased the penalties. I don't think we're going to see that going forward. So, Manish, what are we, what should we expect employers to do? Um, I want to make one point about Mr. Acosta that is – I think I have seen this before, and I think it's probably obvious to folks now. When Republicans take office, they often run on a law and order uh, platform. You often see Republicans being more uh, enforcement-oriented than Democrats – which is very unusual, and this
0: is interesting because Republicans are also viewed generally as being pro employer pro management pro industry correct, correct, but in the field of OSHA law in particular, these two doctrines come to collide
1: yeah, I think they they do, but uh, remember too, there's an employer interest among those employers who are making efforts to comply to have a level playing field, and that's the kind of uh, calculus that I think we're going to see in the Acosta administration so as I told a group that I was speaking at a couple of weeks ago uh, here in Washington when they were in town don't don't stop working on your compliance programs don't let up don't let your guard down because we are going to have uh, a Trump administration budget um, the budget cut of two and a half billion for DOL as I said is only ten percent for. Uh, or $10 million for OSHA, and it's not going to affect uh, uh, enforcement. Administration priorities do compete. Regulatory reform is important, but we think enforcement is going to be rigorous. I think the compliance assistance and cooperative programs will increase, and I really think they should increase. I believe that's where we really get the biggest bang for our buck when it comes to the money that we spend, and that's in training programs and consultation services. So, Manish, uh, in closing, I would say uh, make sure your safety and health uh, plans are up to snuff. Keep you on top of them. Watch your injury and illness rates, and uh, make sure that you're doing your annual audits or periodic reviews as necessary, and keep good records.
0: Well, you have the final word, as Martin Negronsky used to say. Uh, the OSHA 3030, we've been doing about 45 times, that is available. All of the prior OSHAs 3030 are available at khlaw.com slash OSHA3030. Uh, that's on our website, khlaw.com. And you can see not only the slides, the audio in conjunction. So it's a great program. The other thing I'd say is uh, we do this once a month, so the next program is scheduled for, uh, let's see if we can find that. June 28th, Wednesday, June 28th at 1 p.m. You can also find other OSHA law developments uh, on our Twitter handle, at Rathmonish. You can listen to this program as a podcast uh, on your favorite uh, podcast streaming service like iTunes. Uh, And as well, the TOSCA 3030 is available as a podcast. The TOSCA 3030 covers TOSCA law developments. Uh, It's a red-hot developing area of law. And our TSCA practice covers that in to, to good effect. And the next TSCA 3030 is scheduled for June 14th. I believe that's right, marsh And uh, the only other thing I'd say is we are also on LinkedIn, both the Keller and Heckman Workplace Safety and Health Group, as well as my own LinkedIn page, so make sure you're connected there. To all of you participating, thank you very much for being a part of the OSHA 3030 community. Spread the good word. When you get an invitation for the next OSHA 3030, Forward that on to three other people in the Office of General Counsel at your organization or organizations across the street or your safety and health professionals. David Sarvati, thank you very much for participating in the OSHA 3030. We're always grateful when you can join us. And until next month, stay safe.